Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. And we got a friend here with us today, Shell, uh, Mr. Mike Brinkman, Uncle Pookie Smokers. Right. Mike, thanks for coming in, hanging yeah, out with man. us, man. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah we're awesome. uh, always good to have a guest in here. And I figured we'd talk about drum smokers since you're kind of into them and Oh, yeah. Making the Uncle Pookie smokers and, and yeah. seasonings and all that good stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Jill, what you want to kick off with today? Well, last week we had some sound issues, so we got some new microphones. Trying them out. This should yes. fix our problem. I hope so. <laughs> see if we can pookie fire the, the <laughs> microphones. There you go. There you Mike go. Mike gets to be the first to break them in. We, uh, we're looking for an audio engineer, if anybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> if you like working on podcasts, hey, we might could put you to yeah. work. There you go. You can teach <laughs> us a few things. Or an intern. Heck, we, we, we didn't take that route. Anybody's got to know more than we do about it, right? That's, I know. We are not professionals. Yeah, so. We're learning, though. But we'll just have to have That's Justin right. back. Yeah, we got to redo that one. Yeah. Anyway, we get to talk football anyway. So last week, it was all about football talk and, oh, yeah. and, and uh, fantasy uh, football. Yeah. That, are you on a fantasy football team? I am not. I was uh, behind the curve on that when everything was kicking <laughs> off. I was getting married and starting all that stuff. And, uh, I missed out on all that. <laughs> me and Mike. Probably, so yeah. me and Mike, you, when we were living up in South Haven, we had our, our, our was it monthly, at least monthly, oh, yeah. usually uh, wings and football night somewhere. Sure, sure. So we used, to, we used to go to Mr. P's. And, and Mr. P's is hurting yeah. for us. Oh, yeah. I, bet they, <laughs> I haven't been there. I haven't been there forever, man. They built I miss those days. they trying to get us back in there. They really? built patio? You still go? Yeah. yeah you still right. go? Yeah, we go not as often, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and not near as late as we. I used love to. those hot honey gold wings they do. <laughs> they are. They're really they're good. good. But that was that was our shameless plug. Time to catch up, yeah, yeah from Mr. P's. If y'all, <laughs> well, that it was what uh, two blocks away from our old house. Oh yeah, it was yeah. close to all, it was close to all of us mm-hmm. you know, at the time. Yeah, it was convenient. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we can convenient. get them to open somebody to open up a wing joint between. Bridgetown and Hernando. We- <laughs> yeah, well, uh, what's the one there on Fifty One that's real good? But they they're more of a takeout place, and then in the Kroger Shopping Center. Or- um, there's uh, Friars. That no, it's not Friars. It went out of business. A Wings World. Wings World. They're pretty they're good, but up. they don't. I mean, they don't it's have not beer. A place to go <laughs> it's not a place to go TV, watch. Yeah. yeah, you can get them to go there. We, we've done that. You know, yeah. eat them at the house. But okay. I like a good wing joint. I want yeah. you know, I want to have football and all the TVs and. Oh, yeah. A place to hang out. I mean, you got to have good wings, but you got to have a you got to have the right atmosphere for a wing joint. Definitely. In fact, yeah. I owe him. He wanted to go for his birthday. He wanted to go to like a wing joint, watch football, and drink beer. And I, football wasn't going on uh, yet, so yeah. we have to. So I got a rain it. check. Yeah, rain check. I'm still waiting on that. Find a weekend. And I'll so, take yeah, that's my beer. thing. We don't, we don't have a weekend. I was going to say, I'd like to see y'all's calendar with an open slot. <laughs> yeah, so, on, a, on a football day. Well, hey, yeah. actually, last weekend, now, we did watch football. Yeah. We went to Mark's and Emily's house on Saturday and mm-hmm. watched Ole Miss just get – oh, it was ugly. Yeah. It, it was not good. a whole lot uglier yeah. than it was. The and play then, was horrible. But. And we went back home and watched the rest of the games at home and – it was a perfect college football day, so I'm oh, kind yeah. of excited about the pros kicking off this weekend. Yeah, y'all did a bunch of redneck stuff. We shotguns, did shotguns and, during halftime. Yeah, <laughs> had a skeet shoot. When I saw that the game was a uh, not looking good, I said, "Well, let's go get the guns out, boys." <laughs> <laughs> Mark did serve um, 
Mark and Emily serve some buffalo chicken. There was the sandwiches. recipe he did on his uh, YouTube channel. Oh, he, yeah. he did uh, boneless skinless thighs, marinated. Man, he marinated them in like Pepsi Cola, you know, Pepsi, and and like citrus, like lemons and limes, a little hot sauce, and marinated those thighs. And he threw them on the grill and just grilled them off. And he made up a hot sauce. He used some of my hot sauce and butter, and mm. I don't know what all he threw in a crock pot. So when he got those grill, those thighs grilled off. He threw them in that hot sauce in the crock pot and tossed them and just kept it on warm, just so they would stay warm. And they made Texas toast and uh, what a goat a cheese goat slaw, cheese, a goat cheese slaw, yeah. Wow. And it was an awesome buffalo chicken sandwich. Man. I was like, man, he had a home run with that one. I'm gonna have to steal that one from him. <laughs> I will be making that. Cute, yeah. yeah, I was oh, thinking about some. that today. You could pull the chicken too and have pulled chicken. Yeah, his brother-in-law Mikey came over there and did a whole bunch of did a charcuterie board with a bunch of different sausages and cheeses right. and stuff. Yeah, we did it up. Thanks we for got our own right now. I'm sitting here starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's dinner time. I'm sitting here thinking about all this stuff. But so we always talk about what recipe I did. So what are we talking about, Shell? Well, we didn't do a recipe this week. <laughs> so that's why I had to talk about Mark. So yeah. so. <laughs> Next week we're gonna do. Oh, we got we got a guest coming to do a recipe. I hadn't had one in a while. We got a uh, Eric, Eric Lee, Lee from Fire Dancer Barbecue. He's gonna come over and. and uh, we're going to fire up Jolene, and he's going to show me how he does his competition KCBS chicken thighs. Oh, Hadn't done a competition recipe in a long time, mm-hmm. well, especially for thighs. So I'm excited about that one. And Eric wins a lot with his chicken thighs. Oh, yeah. 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 So I think Malcolm's do- invited him over just to see <laughs> That's my recipe. strategy. You know, I got to get people to come on and teach me something that I can use against them. That's right. And beat them. <laughs> So I'm going to have to get you to come show me something. Oh, man. I don't so, know nothing. <laughs> so your background, Mike, is you started you started cooking with High Life on the Hog? Well, no. Or, um, my best friend uh, started that team. Um, he worked for the Miller distributor. So I started hanging out with them yeah. and seeing what all they do. And then um, uh, another buddy of mine, Raymond Flores, he's one of the um, – uh, coordinators for the kids cook at Southern hey, Springfest. You know what? I know his wife, Tammy. Yes. I went, graduated with exactly. Her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did. They did it this year at mm-hmm. Springfest. They kind of repped that, I guess. The yep. kids yeah. They thing. organized the. They have, gosh, seven eight years now, yeah. I guess. And um, Michael cooked in it this year. He did. He had yeah. a big time. Yeah. We, uh, we me and uh, one of the guys from High Life on the Hog uh, got to judge, and uh, man. These kids, they're all okay, awesome, they're good. I mean, I mean obviously the parents are helping them a little bit, but you can see them, especially at that contest. Parents are hands off. Yeah. Oh, Those yeah. kids are flipping chickens and burgers, and they are knocking it out of the park. Oh, no, Raymond and Tammy stood on the hill, made sure we wouldn't do anything. Yeah, no, so yeah. they had to do it. But man, we we were all all of us judges were just like, how do you pick? I mean, you want to be a little bit lenient on critiquing when you kids. know it's kids yeah. cooking, but. There was nothing for us to critique. I think out of six entries on our table, we had one that was a little, you know, a little burnt. You know, yeah, it's one yeah. thing to have a, a dark and caramelized, and it's another one that's just flat out yeah. burnt. You weren't scared you were going to get some undercooked chicken, were you? No, no, it was all. Really? I mean, I, I'm thinking uh, them kids had uh, Thermal Works pins and holsters. Like they, yeah. they did, <laughs> man. Man, hey, look, so Michael cooked on a little Pit Barrel Jr. Since we're talking about drums, yeah, he yeah. cooked on a mini drum. But there was kids that pushed uh, pellet grills out there. I mean, there was kids that had smokers. I mean, you saw a lot of Webers. I mean, there was all there were PKs. I mean, there was all kinds of different grills that they were using. When when Jake was cooking with the High Life kids, they were rolling their Weber kettle out there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 
they weren't just you know watching dad light the grill dad lit it and then they're out there tilting the the grid around uh to to rotate the meat yeah, around yeah. without moving the meat they, they right. knew all the tricks oh yeah they had them that, that was they're serious oh yeah in yeah. fact after michael did that one we let him cook chicken at the millington contest yeah. we did it's like go ahead son I mean, you cook good as chicken as he i do all that weekend yeah man. yeah, yeah he's we'll a- set up next to you He's done real well. Little killer getting all the calls. Man, I'm telling you, he's got the next generation coming up. Yeah, man. So, so you got going with those guys. How did you? How did you? When did you end up starting your team? Um, Right after uh, that spring fest, where Raymond he actually called me and asked if I would be an ambassador, a judges ambassador, and I was like, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I'll come (laughs) help out, you know. And uh, escorting judges around, mm-hmm. I, I got to see up close the actual competition, not the Friday night drinking party stuff, yeah. but yeah. the work. And um, uh, one of the judges was telling me about the judges' class that the NBN was doing. And I came home and told Dee, Dee I was like, uh, I got plans for us in uh, July. we got to go <laughs> to this class. And uh, it just started there. And uh, we judged uh, one contest that December. It was the Liberty Bowl rib cook. Uh, yeah, for the yeah. Liberty Bowl football yeah. game. And that was kind of like the icing on the cake. Like, all right, these guys are doing this. I wonder what I could do. Mm-hmm. And I did the first – our first contest was back when they had the Challenger Division uh, in 2012, I think, was the very first contest we cooked pigs in flight out there at the Ag Center. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like 13, 14 of us on the Challenger side. And I told I told Dee and I told uh, Raymond cooked with me then too. And I said, "Look, if we finish anything but dead last, we're going to be in this. You know, if yeah. we finish like eleventh out of fourteenth, not dead last. We're good." Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I came out there so, with my home cooked ribs, dry ribs falling off the bone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, well, I you want to eat them? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to cook ribs. You wrap them in foil, and as soon as you see the bones popped out and out of the way, <laughs> then you just take the meat out and slurp, serve it up. So. Yeah. That was the way we turned in. It wasn't dead last. What was you cooking on back then? This was before um, drum smokers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was my brother-in-law. He had just passed away, and uh, my nephews uh, gave me his custom smoker, which was just a 5,000-pound offset, squared-off, <laughs> custom-looking thing. Real barbecue. Oh, pit. my gosh, man. We went through 20 pounds of charcoal every two hours oh, yeah. getting this thing going. Oh, y'all I mean, feeding the beast. Take, oh, yeah. Yeah, ribs took like four bags of charcoal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, we started cooking. We had one a big one like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like we would show up with a, a pallet of charcoal. We, oh, thought, yeah. we thought you had to burn that, you know? Yep, exactly. And the, the team next to us at that very first contest cooked, um, they did brisket as their beef turn-in Friday night, uh, the ancillary. And um, <clears throat> I saw him cooking on a drum. And I was like, you know, I'm checking it out, and I'm, I'm seeing him load all this charcoal in this fire basket, put it down in there. I thought, he said he's going to have that big hunk of brisket on there for 14 hours. Or, you know, some ungodly amount, you know. How's he going to do that when that whole basket of charcoal is just flaming and roaring? It's going to be this little shrunk-up piece yeah. of charcoal on top of the grill. And um, once I realized all that charcoal in that basket was not burning at one time, that just kind of piqued my interest. I'm like, now this thing over here is so, that I cook on is so leaky. I mean, you can you can close everything off. It's still going to burn for you know an hour or two because it's going to burn up. <laughs> yeah. Still pulling air. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, how in the world is this thing going to only pull in so much air that it can burn, you know, for 10, 12, 14 hours without reloading it? And then um, shortly after that, I saw your video, your 
homemade drum smoker. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, I can do one of these with just a bunch of drilled holes and, and business card magnets. Hot dang, man, I'm going to try one of them. <laughs> and that was it, you know. So my first, I guess, experience with drum smokers, I I remember seeing, and I don't know what show it was, it was one of those barbecue shows that was on Food Network back in the day. Mm-hmm. There was these old guys cooking on garbage cans, and they had a piece of wood over them. They didn't have lids. Mm-hmm. They'd put a little stick in there to prop it up to give it more air. And that was where, you know, ugly drum smokers came from. Oh, yeah. And then back, the forums were real big. Mm-hmm. So there was one that I read a lot. And I liked the, I liked what the guy did and I can't remember his name, but the forum was called the pickle pig. And so he gave out, I guess he got into cooking on drums, building them himself. And he put his actual directions on how to build one. <laughs> and I said, well, he laid them out there, get the parts list. You go to Home Depot. I went and bought everything. Yeah. And so I was going to try it. So I found me a reconditioned drum. I think they were, I don't know, they were 10, 11 bucks back in the day. 13 bucks. 13 bucks. Yeah. And it was a, you know, it was a food grade drum that had we been had, reconditioned. I remember us going and picking it up. Yeah. And so I come home and used all his parts and made me one. Waylon, the only thing I changed was he, he had, I don't know if, I don't remember his directions on the fire basket, but I had Waylon draw me up some plans and I went and had a local guy weld them up. Mm-hmm. And so, and I put the plans out there. I was like, look, I got this off pickle pig. I'm just sharing, you know, his parts list and everything. And you could make your own smoker. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. And they flat cook. I mean, oh, man. Yeah. And so that's where you got it. You got it from, and you started, and you kind of took it a step further, put your own, you know, little touches to them, and have, and have made a really cool one that you, you know, you've been selling here locally a lot. I mean, I yeah. guess you ship some of them too, but you've yeah. sold a pretty good bit of them, haven't you? That you that you're making? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, um, not that I've got a lot nationwide. I'm not like Gateway or anything. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh I've got one in the state of Washington, and and then uh, up in Connecticut, and. And everywhere in between. So yeah. I was telling Dee Dee one night, I said, My goal is not to sell a million of them, it's to put one in every state. There you go. <laughs> that would be cool. That way you yeah. can say you got a you got a cooker in every state. UPS huh? in forty eight states yeah. and it's not that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good brown, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they uh I think uh I, I I told Jimmy over the barbecue store too, I was like, I think this one that I've got now is like version six point seven. Really? And it's yeah. kind of evolved as, as you I go. Yeah. yeah. The very first one that I sold, I put on Craigslist, and um, gosh, it had two one-inch holes in the lid with magnets on it, and yeah. two two one-inch holes in the bottom with magnets on it. <laughs> yeah. And I did the same thing. I I, I kind of built a demo um, fire basket for myself with just expanded metal and an angle iron and mm-hmm. uh, my little hundred-dollar Harbor Freight welder. People say, "Oh, you can weld." I said, "No, but I can grind." You know, that's all I can do. It's all there's a bunch of stuff on there. Make it stick yeah. together and grind it down. But, um, but yeah, I feel so bad for that guy that bought that very first. Drum. <laughs> he we, bought it from Nashville, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, okay, well, it cooks great." So yeah. good luck. You yeah. know, uh, when was that? That was uh, 2014, 2014. I think it's 2013, 14. So every time you make one, do you think they get a little bit better? Yeah. Um, well, especially now. Are you burn a little bit? I oh guess. yeah, yeah. Every single and it's funny because every single drum's got its own personality. Like it, I, I've I've got three that I cook on now for contest, and all three of them, if I don't have a fan or something controlling them, they want to sit at a different temperature. Really, I can think I put the same amount of charcoal in, and uh, you know, with lump all the different size pieces, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But every single one of them will burn 
differently at a higher temp and i'm just like you know people say well i can't get this one up to 350 and like, well, a you're not really supposed to but said it's all in the airflow and you know if the lid doesn't fit just perfectly right you can damper up or down to make the adjustments and it'll go where you want it to go um when i when i um season mine uh that i'll cook on I'll open both dampers all the way up and I can have it sitting at 400, 425, but it's, it's empty, you know, yeah. no yeah, heat on yeah. it, so there's no air restriction whatsoever. Right. But, um, I had a guy one time texting me during awards. I was there. I wasn't cooking. I was helping, uh, uh, high life guys. And, uh, I sat through the entire 45 minute awards ceremony, uh, Facebook messaging this guy because he couldn't figure out why his fan was set at 250. Um, but, or actually, he, I think he wanted to be at 300 and he was like at 210 and he couldn't get his pit temp up. And I kept going around and around and around and around asking him. And he finally admitted that he had a, a heat diverter pizza pan and a water pan. I was like, well, you got an airflow restriction. Yeah. Take that daggum water pan out of there. You don't need it in the first place. He, he blocked like, it all the way. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, within 10 minutes, he, t- oh, well, here comes the heat. The, the temperature's rising. You could have told me that 45 minutes ago. That's <laughs> all the well, you know, that, the, the thing I liked about the drum smokers is they're simple. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a basic 55-gallon drum, mm-hmm. and you're putting holes in the bottom so what, to draw air it, in. Yeah, what, is, what makes a 55-gallon trash can, essentially, it's what we used to use for burn. You know, yeah, burn barrel. Oh, yeah. What, what makes that? A drum smoker. At well, what point does it become uh, well, a trash can smoker? Well, I would say it's when whenever you put holes in the bottom to where it's going to draw air in, you got a coal basket in there with the coals elevated a little bit so they can breathe, and you got a way for it to get out. And they the really what makes them work like an indirect smoker is the distance that you put your cooking grate from that fire. So what we're doing is we're building we're building a, a small fire in the drum. We're not lighting the whole fire basket mm-hmm. of coals like you talked about. That's the secret. It's you just want a few coals to burn to use as it needed, and you're restricting the airflow from what's coming in it, yep. and you're running you're controlling it with the top vent too, mm-hmm. and that's what's letting you cook those. You know you can cook low and slow on it if you want to open it up yep. and let it really roll. You can cook hot and fast, and a lot of guys are doing that in comps now. Oh yeah, yeah. and and it really is as simple as it's the. It's a trash can or burn barrel. Yeah. I mean, there's fancy ones. Like you said, Gateway makes a high dollar unit. I got one of those that I cook on all the time, yeah. but it cooks oh, about yeah. like the homemade ones. I mean, it, and it looks fancy, but, oh, yeah. oh, but the principle is the same. Yeah. And so what you did with your design is, you you know, the first one I did, I was just putting holes in, like you said, a flat piece of, of magnet material mm-hmm. and using that as a damper. Yeah. Well, the first ones you did, you put pipes on them. And so yeah. it kind of has that look of... Uh, well, that's that's one of the cool things that I liked about them at first was you could go on the Facebook pages, the the Ugly Drum Nation and all these other Facebook groups, and you could see people go as wild and as fancy or as simple and plain as, as you want to do. And uh, a lot of the guys will, will call theirs not-so-ugly drum smokers yeah. or whatever. I would say that, too. Some of them look oh, cool. Man, yeah, I mean, some of these guys are putting, you know, just five or six different gadgets on theirs. Uh, they're they're fan holders and their their thermometer holders and their beer <laughs> yeah. holders hook system else. yeah oh yeah yeah so i mean it's it's really cool like that but uh yeah it's it the simplicity simplicity of it is what's so cool i mean i, I had 
The very first version was the magnets and the holes. The second version was the, the two intake pipes. And then I put a third uh, short pipe fitting on the back end where I could hook a, a fan up to. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to do it manually with the air controls, you just stick a fan to it and let the fan do all the work. Um, and then uh, those were great, but it was just so much more to do. And A, when I found a welder that would make it an all-welded design where I didn't have any mechanical fasteners or any leaks in the lid, um, and he started doing the welding for me, it's like, well, why do we even have multiple pipes? Why don't we just have one in air, air intake and one exhaust and make it the simplest drum it can be? Yeah. And um, that's kind of what we've been doing here the last couple of years, and that's by far been the more popular design. Is, so it only know, has one pipe with for the air intake? One air intake and one exhaust. Don't yeah. have to worry about which one to do and do this yeah. one more than this one or multiple you know, uh, sources of air for the fire below. And i found that putting the air, the exhaust in the center of the lid kind of helps everything circulate a little more. you got meat. you got pulling it around. Yeah. It, it goes it's automatically up. having to find yeah. its way. And it, I don't know. It seems to let the smoke linger a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, at least from my ignorant self. It's, it's yeah. simple. It makes well, sense. you know, yeah. it, they're really, they're really, to me, they're the simplest of barbecue pits you can run. Oh, no doubt. I mean, no. because all you're doing is building a small fire. And making sure you got air coming in, making sure you got air going out. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, the worst thing you can do is take the lid off and let it sit there because it's going to roll. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you got to keep that airflow. And it's all about just learning how to keep that airflow on it. And it'll do. You can dial those things in wherever you want them. Oh, okay. And then if you put a pit controller on it, like you're talking about, what, what's the kind that you use? I, I went uh, with the um, uh, Pitmaster IQ. It's a one-piece unit. Um, I love the gurus. I'm a gadget guy. And uh, I like all the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. but also it's kind of like with the, with the drum, I want simple and that particular one and the, the entry level one, I think it's the one ten. It has a, 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 just a regular dial. You don't have any buttons to push. It doesn't have a digital readout. If I set it at two fifty, it's got like a 10 degree up or down Swing. window. Yeah. So it's sitting there and it's got a red light and a green light. If it's green is good. If it's red, it's too hot. And, Again, it's just back to the simplicity. You just clip a probe to the grate at grate it's, level, and that's exactly. all you do? Exactly. So you don't even need a thermometer in them? I mean, not really. I mean, a lot of times at contests, we won't run that pit probe. We're running meat probes to eye the meat because that's all I really care about. I know the fan is, is doing its job, but if I have it set at 250 and it's it's blinking green, that means the fan's supposed to be running. It's not hot enough. We'll dial it down until it stays green. And go, okay, well, it, it's sitting at 225 instead of 250. Yeah. So it's either running the fan for that reason, or we may need to check the coals and make sure something didn't hit a snag or maybe a void. Yeah. And it's not burning the next piece of coal. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty much bulletproof. So that's what, you know, I've, I've, I've been running mine on a guru for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it's simple. And oh, then. Yeah. Um, I, I was playing with that Thermoworks Billows too, and it worked on my drum just as well. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong running a, a one of those control devices on a drum if you want precision. Oh man! But I, you know, when we cook comps, so I, the one that I have on my comp trailer is is just a drum kit. Have you seen those? Um, it's a big Papa. I got it from yeah, Big Papa yeah. Smokers, and it's just a I basic drum kit. Mark put it together for you, didn't he? Oh, there's nothing. Yeah, there was nothing yeah. to it. He they painted it like he got some Napa. Fire engine red or engine go. block red paint. I remember him saying that was the last time he was doing that. I think the paint, <laughs> red paint. Yeah, yeah. The rank, oh, the it was harder to paint it than it was. Do you, well, you paint yours or? Yeah, I paint mine, and that's the, the 
all of mine pretty much are the body is black because when yeah. I get them they're black and you try to paint any color over black you're going through two times <laughs> that's, what, that's why that's what it was with the, oh. the red going on mine and I, I tell everybody buys one I say I've never said I'm a painter so don't don't be disappointed <laughs> if the paint's not perfect but uh, so you're getting a custom one of a kind when you buy one of yours yeah, oh, there's not know. another one like it <laughs> they look kind of like it but it ain't exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure Handmade one at a time. Yeah. Like Ranger been... boats of the fucking That's drum right. smoker. That's right. <laughs> I love my Ranger, man. That was an awesome boat. <laughs> but, you know, the, and to me, I don't get caught up if mine's leaking. Like you talked about the lid yeah. fitting tight and all that. Man, to me, it's an ugly drum smoker. You're supposed to have leaks. That's, that's that's part of the airflow on it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a frustration of mine, but it is funny that so many people will hit me up and be like, "Well, the lid don't fit just right." I said, "Well, I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I'm buying reconditioned drums, yeah, yeah, and uh, they're not all perfectly round." But you, I'll read the forums and people say, "Oh, well, I put gasket material under my lid. Yeah. Why? You don't want to do all that? No, no. I want it. I mean, over time, when you season it, it builds up enough carbon around yes. it to seal it. So really, it's about cooking on those pits." But if mine's not cooking right, if it doesn't have a leak here and there, yeah. and it, even the one uh, on the barbecue trailer, we run it, we always cook chicken on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always running it at, what, 325 is where we like it to sit. Yeah, and 300. 300, yeah. 325, yeah. depending on if we're behind or ahead. Yeah, exactly. But we don't run a controller or anything on it. We just use the vents and open it and close it, and, man, it reacts so fast. I that's, mean, that's exactly what I do at home. I don't drag all those fans out and all the probe wires and everything. I know that if I have the the pit that I'll bring off the trailer and cook in my patio, if I have the dampers open about halfway on both, it's somewhere between 230 yeah. and 270. Well, I mean, if I'm cooking at home, I'm watching, and I may yeah. I may probe the meat if I'm doing something that I'm you know brisket or something that I'm really watching. But you know, I know I'm, if I'm doing ribs, I'm going to do open smoke for a couple hours. I'm going to wrap them up, and then I'm going to start checking them every hour. I don't really care if yeah. it's between if it's two thirty or two seventy. It ain't making a whole bit of difference to me at home. Uh, I'm still going to get the meat done. It don't matter. So exactly. when you when you run your excuse me when you run your pit controller on them. Do you have anything open, or is it a completely sealed system? Um, there, that particular uh, pit controller has a little damper system that you can adjust, so it won't let air flow through all the way, or, or you can adjust how much it will. What about on the exhaust side? Are you closed uh, off, or are you leaving it cracked? I, I leave it cracked. I don't. So that's what I run them too. But I won't. Uh, you know, it's maybe. Uh, I guess you'd say a one opening or something that's just a sliver yeah, open. Yeah. I want that smoke to be able to leave. So it doesn't get stagnant? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still about airflow, even though you're pushing air in. Mm-hmm. And even if I have one of my drums, the the I've got a hinge on the lid, and it still doesn't sit just right, and you can just watch smoke come out the back end of it. Well, I know I don't even have to worry about opening it that much. Yeah. If I've got a leaky lid, if it leaks a lot, I don't have to open my damper as much. So I just control you know, if I have a lid that sits perfect, well, then I may have to open the damper a little bit more to get the tip right. I want. So have you found, like, even when you're running them without a controller, your ratio to exhaust to intake, which one, like, how, are you running more air coming in and restricting at the top, or is your top, yeah, your exhaust bigger? I t- unless I need it really hot where I'm opening it wide open, I normally sit my intake at halfway no matter what. Yeah. Um, unless it's really windy or something is, is a, you know, a, another variable is affecting it. I control my temperature with the exhaust damper. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I don't need it to be that hot, I don't want it pulling a bunch of air right. through. Yeah. And, um, uh, I kind of learned this too. Um, um, my nephew has one of those Kamado blaze, the cast aluminum ones. Yeah. 
And we learned with that one real quick because that joker seals up. It's like a tank. That's I mean, where the eggs are too. Yeah, I mean. yeah. And it's um, they will blow up in your face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they build up so much heat in there. Yeah, they oh, fly, yeah, yeah. Don't open the lid. Real yeah, fast. <laughs> sort of burp it. They say burp it. You know, I mean, yeah. for real, you got to. Ease it open. That's what he like. The underside of your forearms to stay normal. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Open real slow. Sneak that joker open. But yeah, that's that we've learned. I've learned, and it's you know personal preference to me. Uh, being a fat guy, I don't want to bend down anyway. So if I can reach right here at the lid uh, exhaust or that's bend why. down to hit the damper, I'm going to do the top one and keep it. You know, that's why. I that's what I like. Called the those. Pipes. Oh, the pipes. Yeah, the... fat man pipes. That's, right? that's, that's, that's why I like them because they come up and you just open them at the yeah, top. Exactly. Do you notice any difference on the, the, you know, the tall pipe with the elbow pulling more air than just say a hole down at the bottom? Not or is it really? It's not building up speed pulling it through that pipe? No, but the thing I did notice when I was running the two intakes, they were two one inch pipes. So the in, interior dia- or inside diameter was, was an inch. Yeah. Um, now I run a single two inch. I have an easier airflow with one bigger pipe than I did with two smaller. I, I think just the size of the diameter of the pipe, the the air restriction, even though you still have two inches of air intake available, the single pipe has an easier time getting that air through than the two smaller pipes. So walk me through how, how are you firing yours up? I know. So you do YouTube videos too. You started doing mm-hmm. some YouTube videos and I noticed one of your last ones. Well, when you, you got to get in some way, man, get, no, you no. know, you got to start. That's what I told you. You asked me about them. I said, man, it don't hurt to start. And no. what, um, but you did one on running your cooker. So I wanted you to walk, I did. walk um, me through how, you know, your fire up process. With, well, and that's, that's one of the biggest questions I get from folks is how do you start it? Do you, you know, some guys will get the little coffee can and do all the cold charcoal and put the hot in the center and let it, you know, go out sideways. Some light from the top and let it burn down. Some light from the bottom go up. I'm a physics kind of guy. I think, okay, fire goes up, so I'm going to light mine. I use uh, these little starters called lightning nuggets. And um, they're just basically sawdust and wax, like most of the other starters. Like tumbleweeds or something. Kind of tumbleweeds, yeah. exactly. They're just uh, my one of my nephews turned me on to them a few years ago when I was using paper in the charcoal chimneys and paper ash is blowing all over. And Dee comes out the next morning and says, "Why do we have black ash all over the patio?" <laughs> well, sorry, you know, I'll clean that up tomorrow. But um, you know, it's uh, it's just a clean, burning little starter. I'll put that in the ash pan in a. Most of my fireboxes have been square. They just changed the we changed the design to a round basket again. But I'll put uh, a starter kind of in a corner, one one section, so it'll burn up and then burn across the basket. And um, you burn in lump or briquette most of the time. I burn lump. I, I've tried a few different brands of a briquette and lump, and of course, you know, I think we all start out at Kingsford at some point in time and. Uh, because it's cheap. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, and it's, hey, there. it's, that's, it, yeah. it's available. available. It's yeah. easy to find and it is normally cheaper anyway. So, um, I like the consistency of a briquette, but when I'm having to pull that fire basket back out before we go home from a contest or whatever, the lump burns so much cleaner. There's very, very little. When I say no ash, obviously there's some, but it's, yeah. it's so much less than, say a, a briquette that's major manufactured that has a lot of binders and stuff in it um and to that ash if you don't clean it out if it builds up and, and metal that's what's tearing down the metal we're going to talk um, about that here in a minute too okay do you Let's see a ahead. difference in um, burning briquettes versus lump as far as like the heat or the the how quickly they burn up um i 
in your opinion? Yes and no. I know traditionally I've always heard that lump burns hotter and faster. Um, And I think that's, I know it can burn hotter, but in a drum being such a efficient sealed unit, there, there is no faster. I can make briquette and lump both burn 12 hours and have leftover charcoal without having to add more lump. Never. Yeah. I, you know, people ask me that too. It's like, well, how do you add when you got all this stuff? I, I, my don't. basket holds like <laughs> that's, 15 You know, that's been my thing too. I, I burn real oak lump in mine. I, I, mean, I like lump in mine. Oh, yeah. I like it for the fact that, you know, shorter cooks, ribs or something, mm-hmm. chicken, you put it out, you close that thing off, that lump oh, goes yeah. out. Yes. Briquette, when I try to put them out, they're pretty much toast. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't get to reuse them like I do the lump. Well, that's it. You've got what what so brand much. are you using now? You- um, I actually uh, found a brand, uh, Jealous Devil, and it is a what they call a premium. Uh, it's a lump? It is a lump, yeah. and it's a bigger chunked lump. It's I've had some brands that, that – have different size pieces and some of them are like planks mm-hmm. and I've seen those. I, I, it was great charcoal worked fine but i had one incident with that where um i'm burning the contest and i noticed my fire is going down and i'm like well we just reloaded this thing what's going on one of those planks was burning but it was not touching any other pieces yeah so it was burning fine but it wasn't letting anything else burn, so my temps were going down. I had to shake it around, and, of course, once it broke in and fell down with the rest, it was fine. But uh, um, this Jealous Devil, they, they seem to have bigger chunks, but they're all consistent, like softball to baseball size, so they're all touching another piece, so they yeah. burn. Uh, burn That's really what hard. I found. I don't like the super huge pieces. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for those. I mean, yes. if you're open fire cooking or grilling mm. or something like that, maybe yeah. use some of the big stuff. But to get those long burns, you just want consistent size. Exactly. And that's me. I don't mind if it's consistently small or consistently big as long as it's all the same. So I <laughs> yeah. know what I'm dealing right. with when I get a – I bought a, a bag of some cheapo stuff one time. I, I, I can't even tell you the name of it. It was a weird brown bag of lump. I, I, actually, I don't think I bought it. I think it was given to me. But uh, I don't want to take blame for buying it. But <laughs> <laughs> It was so many little – I mean, it looked like it went through a grinder before it got in the bag. And I yeah. thought, who's going to use this? Well, I mean, those com- it compacts on itself as it burns. So you need, yeah. you know, you need it to have some size, and you, you know, but you want it to all, like you said, be uniform. Yeah, you, I, that's what I, I tell folks. So you make sure your charcoal is touching other pieces. So that's you're lighting it. So you're lighting your basket outside the drum and dropping it in. Yes, I'll I'll get it started once my my fire starter is actually burning well. I'll put it in the drum and leave the lid off for about 10 minutes. Angled like towards the air intake yes. side? Yes. The- one single intake, I can definitely turn it and say, okay, here's my air, so I want it to be close. So that's to how air. you drop it in? Yes, exactly. And then um, uh, lid off, you lid said? off, so it gets maximum air, but the wind is not affecting it. I've I've started it sitting you know, on my, my charcoal grill stand or something before, and it gets breezy. Uh, it may blow the starter out. It's it's blowing it across the charcoal where mm-hmm. more starting up, and you, you're starting at 300 degrees instead of 200. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if I leave the lid off for about 10 minutes, that's normally got enough charcoal lit to where I can put the lid down, open the dampers, and watch the temperature go where I need it to go, and then just damper back. 
And of course, if you're running a fan, you just wait until you got enough charcoal lit to put the fan on it, and it takes care of the rest. But so, what are you liking? To, what do you like to cook at? Do you change it up, or do you cook about the I same temperature? Stay around two fifty. So mean, you like it more more the low and slow on the drum? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings if it hits two seventy five, but it depends too where I'm at in the cook. If um, if I'm cooking three or four butts for some folks and trying to get it done, once it's wrapped, man, I'll open the dampers up and and let it cook at three hundred, three twenty five. As I know, you know, the fat's going to render and it's going to have enough moisture in it where it's not going to burn or dry out. Um, Are you yeah. adding any wood for smoke? Or what do you, what, Just, you got some yeah. favorites you like to use? I, I go between, uh, I definitely like the fruit woods. Um, of course, everyone in the competition side is going to use some cherry <laughs> at some point. In time, yeah, but, Memphis area for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do like uh, the, to use apple wood. Apple wood to me gives you a lot of smoke flavor, but it it doesn't overpower. So if I get a little heavy handed with the the apple wood and put some of those big tree stumps in there instead of just the little uh, chunks, then uh, I'm not worried about it overpowering like hickory can do. Yeah, sometimes. I was gonna say if you're using hickory, you got to watch it on drum. Yeah. I've learned that. You know, I, you I've still learned get smoke flavor even with charcoal. From the yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, I think sometimes. you do too. The drum picks up so much flavor. To me, it's it's more of a, and I tell people this all the time. If you want authentic taste in barbecue, your best bet for the bang for your bucks, cook it on drum smoker. No doubt, it tastes like barbecue. I remember as a kid, the first time, you know, <laughs> what that what that smokehouse tasted like when oh, my dad yeah. took me there. Oh yeah, that's what I'm tasting in well, drum, and it's I mean it's it's good, and I think that's why they're popular in the barbecue competition barbecue world too. Well, we've talked about before with the cabinet smokers. I mean, the backwoods and all that are great. But cleaning out that water pan, you can't mm-hmm. leave the funk in the water pan and expect to cook on it a week or two later. <laughs> right? Oh, amazing. yeah. No. Not without a little work and a lot of gagging. <laughs> oh, a lot oh, of gagging. Have you ever been puked off a of backwoods? Oh man, barbecue. You, uh, you, you, you can't drink enough some... beer to barbecue content. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. usually why I forget to clean them. It's like, oh, I just want to get home. Yeah, well, eight, we'll clean this tomorrow. Yeah, sure you will. Oh man, if you're sitting at a contest and you don't got your butt handed to you and you don't even want to see that score sheet mm-hmm. and then you see all the funk in the bottom of your grease pan and yeah. you know you got to get that oh, yeah. out because you're gonna sleep it off. Sunday, <laughs> it ain't gonna be any good. But uh, yeah, so you you mentioned earlier. Um, well, since we're talking about water pans, have you ever tried to run a diverter or anything uh, on run, your drums? I I run a perforated heat diverter, basically just a pizza pan, but yeah. it's like the ones with holes in it. Yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, I, I I bought some solid ones and drilled my own holes, and then I saw, well, you know, why am I doing all this work when I can just buy a perforated pizza pan? Well, cheap. And, yeah, cheap. Yeah, I mean, five or six bucks for one, and that way. And that creates enough diversion for your heat? Well, it does two things. It it does exactly that. It it gives, to me, it gives the smoke and the heat movement going around that to some degree. But the holes will let some smoke and some heat come directly up. It also lets some of the juices and the fat render down into the fire without it being just directly falling into the fire. So you're reducing the chance of flare-ups or whatever. Yes. Because you got... I mean, we didn't talk. We talk about how much you can put on there, but I, when you got three butts on one grate, you know that's a lot of fat rendering. And uh, the fire marshal needs to warn people that six butts in a drum smoker uh, with no fat caps cut off is a definite fire hazard. Should be against <laughs> yeah. the law. Have you, fi- have you figured that out yourself? When you lose all the hair on your arms trying to get that second grate out. Going, there wasn't a diverter in there. Oh no! So no. we didn't talk about that on your design. You've got two levels of cooking. Yes. Yeah. So it's basically two twenty-two and a half inch racks, yeah. and um, of course 
one of them, how far, was it six inches off the top or seven, six and a half? Seven, six and a half, seven, seven inches from the the lid to the top rack and then another seven inches below that. So I tried to keep those equally spaced. If you wanted to do turkeys or hams, yeah. you had enough room to do that in most cases. Yeah. Um, that's when I would definitely use a diverter because that bottom rack is so much closer to your fire, uh, especially if you're doing something like butts. It has a lot of fat that's going to be dripping down. Uh, it is a definite fire hazard. So where are you putting that diverter? You got another another rack that you drop I in to set it on? Straight on top of the fire basket. Oh, you lay it right on top right of it? It's top. not, yeah. It's, so you know what I've done is took aluminum foil and just covered up half mm-hmm. my fire basket. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. way I've got the fire on one side, but I've still got that tapered off. Mm-hmm. And I don't poke holes in it, but the the perforated pan there is a great idea. Yeah, that we were doing the solid pan for a little while, and – Two, the two issues I had with that is one, you did get that creosote flavor because of the fat hitting the pan and not going anywhere. Just like it would a dry water pan. Exactly. It's just burning and searing everything that hits it. And it's not that good flavor that you get when the juice. You get some of that off those, uh, you know, gravity fed smokers too, because it's just hitting that, 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 it's hitting, hitting that metal and the fat just, like you said, just turn it into that. It it is kind of creosote It's just scorched. If you Scorched don't clean it fat out. flavor if you yeah. don't clean it out. Is that yeah. what they say? Cook, use, use a lot of guys pans. cook in pans to catch yeah. those drippings mm-hmm. to keep it from doing that. Yeah, I mean, the, the disposable pans are great because then you just chunk them off. I, I keep a putty knife with me and uh, take my diverter out and scrape off any of the old stuff uh, to get back down to clean metal so you don't have that, that second or third cook of nastiness yeah. <laughs> cooking into your good meat that uh, you're doing right there. Well, how, how, many, how many cooks are you getting out of a dirt, diverter pan? You, I mean... Um, you, gosh, you keep reusing it. I mean, oh, to, yeah. to just the trash. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. the the. the so you say issue, I don't feel like cleaning it today. And <laughs> bucks, I, I was like, did I forget to? Oh <laughs> God, yeah, forget that one. Um, and two, like a lot of times, I'll just get lazy and, and scrape a little bit off, and then go to tambourining it against my hand, yeah. and all of a sudden the 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 metal has been so compromised by the constant heat that I go Foop, and just fold it in half. Go, well, that one's gone. You Time know. to get another one, huh? Yeah, but it's again, it's cheap. And so many people, you know, you've got some guys making these propeller-looking fan blade oh, motors yeah. and all that. That's great, but man, I don't want to replace one of them. Give me the cheap. There's one special. manufacturer out there that come with them. Um, is it the Hunsuckers? Hunsucker, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hunsuckers. Uh, yeah. They, they come with that. Man, that's a cool design. It is. Yeah. I'd hate I to clean that. that joker off. <laughs> you'd have to, yeah, you have to degrease it. Take it out and degrease it. Soak it. So what is it? It's right a right fan? Is that like another level? I think level? it kind of mounts on the fire basket yeah, some it, kind of way. It doesn't move, but it's got each, uh, it, it's five or six blades, and they're all tilted like a propeller, so oh. the heat kind of wants to come up and gotcha, circle. And it gotcha, makes gotcha. that circular so heat in there. Yeah. It's a great idea. I'd yeah. love yeah. to try one, but I don't. I've want heard to they cook really good. Yeah, yeah. I saw a Gateway had the, a diverter, but it kind of looked like Swiss cheese. You know, yeah, and that's kind of what what, yeah. what Mike's yeah. talking about with the, sized holes, yeah. the perforated. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the same idea. Concept. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same concept. Yeah. Let yeah. some air in, let some juice and drippings yeah. down, but not all of it. So. That way it's not sitting and scorching, like you said. Yeah. But see, part of that drip, you need that drippage. That's where your flavor is. Mm-hmm. But I found, man, you don't even need to run those. If you're running that pit right and you're not overloading it. No. Now I could see if you had six butts on there. And yeah, so that's is that full point. load on yours? You got two shells? I have pushed eight one time. Really? They were eight, Cut they down were butts. Eight small butts. I mean, yeah. I, I got them from Kroger or Save-A-Lot or something. They were like the little 
four and a half, five pounders that yeah. you get yeah. on sale. One <laughs> they weren't weekend. 10 pound. <laughs> no, no. But, but it, it was, I mean, it was full packed. And Did you have to rotate a lot? Do I, when I run, if I run both shelves, I rotate anyway, yeah. even with a diverter. Because you do have some temperature variation, and you know if you've got a lot of fat dripping out, you can still get a little bit of a flare up on that bottom rack. So it's just safer for me. Like with butts, I would run two hours and then rotate the top and bottom shelf for two hours, and then by then I'm ready to wrap most of the time anyway, yeah. or close to it. So it uh, it works out better to rotate. So you have a uh, your lid is flat on top, mm-hmm. correct? Okay, mm-hmm. and you yeah. still manage to get two shelves in there. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I've seen them before where they have the, the dome. Yeah, put the the dome dome on top. I, yeah. I got a Weber, um, ended up keeping it. <laughs> I got it so that I could try the lid on there. But <laughs> so many people I've talked to, and in this case too, the Weber lid would have to be manipulated a little bit to fit the drum just right. And yeah. man, I'm lazy. I've I'm seen them there. Have, if you can find an old Weber, they'll, they'll cut that ring out yeah. and then get it tack welded inside the drum. That way yeah. it fits on. I've seen, yeah. but that's a lot of, you know, that's extra work. Right. You need some, you need some, uh, know how to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm fat. And or you can whoop so. that, li- or you can whoop the lid out. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen them do that. No, no, but. I ain't into all that either. And <laughs> if I talk to my welder, they'd love for me to do that, but uh, that's more welding time. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. That's know, it. Let's keep it with the flat lid. We're all right. Well, the simplicity of it's what's yeah. so great about those smokers. Well, and that's the thing too. Uh, um, I, you know, I know guys that have cooked, uh, cooked four turkeys on the drum two on the bottom shelf and two on the top and i'm thinking to myself man you've got that thing touching everywhere in there but uh, you know the lid wouldn't fit just right but it didn't need to because again with the airflow restriction the lid need to be kind of capped off a little you bit need a little extra air for the smoke to breathe so, you know i've, I've when i i found if you're doing multiple turkeys on one spatchcock is a way to go yeah because it drops them down and you can still get you know Two on each shelf, and mm-hmm. so you can do four whole turkeys. They just got to be. I like the spatchcock too because you can do skin down, and that skin to me is kind of holding all that juice in the yeah, butter. Yeah, yeah. So, um, before I really start smoking uh, as much as I do now, I would spatchcock. I would put a whole turkey in the oven pan, but put it on its side or breast side down. And my holiday turkey was a stick of butter and a bottle of Italian dressing. <laughs> and that breast meat was just sitting there floating in juices the whole time it was cooking the oven. So I never had any complaints about juiciness. And I didn't have yeah. edible skin. Nobody was eating yeah. steamed turkey but skin. But the meat was juicy and delicious. Oh, man. Huh? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's like, that's kind of the way we cook those thighs where we cook them in butter. I mean, you cook yeah. Them, yeah. Cooking, that, cooking that turkey down in it. Yeah. You've never done a skin down or breast down. Mm, never have. Cock. I always do it up, yeah, but not turkeys. That's a good idea. It is a good idea. I wonder, does your skin get crispier that way? Uh, is it as crispy as it can get on the yeah, smoker? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, doing it at a lower temp too. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big turkey skin eater. I mean, yeah. fried turkey is another story, but smoked turkey skin. Some reason I'm just not as big into it. So I ain't paid as much because at lower temps it's rubbery. I mean, yeah. you got you got to crank that temp up to get it. You can catch it where it might be crispy, yeah. where, this, where there's not any fat on the skin. It's just straight skin. But. Have you tried to smoke it, then fry it? Smoke no. a fried turkey? Smoke <laughs> like, fried we turkey. Did, like Matt did those wings? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that, That'd be pretty good. Wonderful. Yeah. And I, I would eat if someone made it for me, but I had a bad <laughs> Thanksgiving one, one year. I smoked two turkeys and deep fried two turkeys all at the same time. Could not stand to look at a turkey for four weeks. I mean, oh, yeah. just the smoke and then the grease on top of it. 
my my nose is so messed up. We used to do the, so yeah. Up. We used to do the fundraisers, and we would cook what 150 mm. turkeys for Thanksgiving. You think yeah. but, you talk about sick of turkey, smoked yeah. turkey? I mean, yeah. I think butt cooks are bad. Wait till you mm. do 150 turkeys. Because no. you got to thaw. You got to thaw 150 turkeys. Nobody tells you that. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to thaw all these turkeys? You yeah. You're not buying fresh turkey. You're not going to make any money. No. So you got to find the best deal on them. Then you got to thaw them. How many friends do you have with coolers that you can borrow and put? Oh, yeah. <laughs> frozen turkey. <laughs> That's what you end up having to do. It take, turns out it takes several days to, for, <laughs> for 150 turkeys. It, it really took about a week for them to thaw out. Come to find out. You got to start thinking. <laughs> and especially if it's cold outside, it's yeah. even longer. Mm. Because you're not putting 150 turkeys in the house. I mean, no, no. Uh-uh. No, there was one Thanksgiving I had 150 turkeys in my garage. So Yeah, we did, yeah. Why can't my car park in the garage? Back in the day, back in the day, we thought them in the bathtub. Oh We'd gosh. fill up the bathtub with ice water and put some turkeys in there and let them soak overnight. And by in the morning, the ice would be melted. Turkeys would be just perfect. Oh yeah, in the package yeah. though. In the package, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Turkey bobbing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not in there with Uncle Al. Fuck <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. So hey, let, let me ask things you a question. Are <laughs> yeah. If that you have somebody who's new to smoking, they just got them a drum smoker. How can they learn to, you know, learn their pit? How can they learn to control it? How can they, I guess, just learn it? The easiest cook for me is um, doing one butt. To me, that's like the most forgiving. Uh, it takes a little bit of time, but to me, that's a good thing. Um, there's two things I tell folks to do when when they're asking me about it. I said always season it. And I'll put well, five you, or six yeah, pounds. How do you season it? I, what I'll do is I'll spray the inside, all the exposed metal edges with some sort of cooking spray um, just to get something on those exposed edges. Then I'll maybe put four or five pounds of charcoal in the fire basket. And to me, the smoke is more important than the charcoal or the heat. So I'll put a, a couple of big chunks or maybe a, a half a stick of, of, uh, any kind of wood, a guy, especially if I got hickory around, I'll burn it just to help season. But to me, the the four or five hours you can take to to burn off three or four pounds of charcoal is a is good drinking time. You have a few cold beers and everything's <laughs> fine. But you can open it all the way up and see what temperature it's going to peak out at. So if you did just a few pieces of chicken and wanted it to be at three fifty, you know you're going to be able to hit it. Um, and then you can start playing with the dampers and kind of taper them down and say, okay, what's it, where, where do I need to put these dampers to sit at 250? And you can do that for a couple of hours or a couple of beers. And write that down. So you remember when you're first starting, you know, if you're new to it. Yeah. I had one guy that sit there and made marks on his damper with a a silver sharp. That's yeah. And you know, just reference marks. So, you know, I'm going to do it to here. I'm going to do it. I mean, anything that works for you, everyone's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I've learned to start making notes on my cell phone and, and I've got a little file app that I'll open up and just stupid notes, but anything that works for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's important, and that's good knowing your pit. You got to learn how it operates with any kind of barbecue. I don't care if it's a drum or what. Oh yeah, you got to learn. Sure. You got to spend the time doing that. Man, even if it's a pellet grill, you, you know, you got uh, certain pellet brands where if they've got a bad probe or something or bad, uh, you know, temp reader says it's at two fifty and and it's barely cranking two hundred degrees, you got to know if it's off. How consistently is it off? Oh so, yeah, no, that's I mean, why I, I, I always say, hey, it's best to have some of them probe thermometers where you can clip them to the grates. You can read your temps. You can do the old biscuit test if you want oh, to. Yeah. But you need to do that to know what you're cooking. 
Well, and butt, butts a great meat to start on yeah. because it's inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, you can catch them on sale, get you a $10, $12 butt, throw it on there. You got something good to eat at the end of it. Exactly. And it's a long cook. Yeah. So, you know, you're, that's, you're, that's the I mean, key to me. You've got plenty of time to test it and kind of see, okay, well, if I do my dampers here, what's it going to be at? And that's, you hit on something there. I, I do, my pits do have a, a dial thermometer on them, but I tell people all the time, you get that thing on, take that. To, dial out of it and run you a pit probe so you can tell what the temp is at your meat. Cause that's what's important. Yeah. 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 I mean, all the, the dial thermometers are doing is telling you what the temperature is right there. If it's, and you know, whether it's Jolene or anything else, it's where it is in the lid. And, you know, I've seen a lot of, uh, offset, uh, cookers that have three or four dial thermometers to, and in, in, if there's two lids, two in each <coughs> lid. So, you know, okay, this end of the pit is this temp and this end is, is this temp. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, depending on where the fire is in the fire basket, if it's on one side and that's right there at the dial thermometer, the heat's going to be a little bit hotter. I mean, it may not be much different, 10 or 15 degrees, but it's going to be different than it is on the other side of that drum. So yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's more important what the temperature is at the meat I'm cooking versus right there in the wall. I agree. I think that's the most important place to know. Yep. For sure. Do you think barbecue tastes better on a drum? I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to beat. If you like that authentic, yeah, authentic pit barbecue flavor. Well, you're going to beat barbecue that someone else made. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> From a lazy man perspective. But, but no, it's, it's really good. I mean, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've got a couple of different types of smokers. I've, I've got a cabinet smoker. I've got a pellet and I've got more drums than my wife wants me to have. So, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they do all kind of have their own flavor, but I mean, they're all good, but I do like the way I like the flavor of the drum, but that also goes back to the simplicity of it. If it was simple for me to cook it, I'm going to like it better than if I had to constantly reload a water pan or constantly fidget would do this or if i've offset that i got to watch every hour and i want to go inside and get three or four hours of sleep uh that ain't gonna taste as good to me as that that drum that i took a put a fan on it and uh, let that joker go for eight hours yeah. and didn't touch it so so you're when you're running a fan you don't you'll leave yours for eight hours you don't care huh oh yeah you'll put it at 250 and let it roll experience will tell you that uh, <laughs> as long even if the fan quits running if you've got a damper it it may get a little lower but it's not going to get away from you no. if you don't open, as long as you don't open it. Yeah. As long as you keep the lid yeah. on it, if anything, it might get a little too cool than you want, but it ain't going to go all the way out. If you have your dampers open a little bit and you know, I've seen guys that are cooking, you know, low, low 180, 190. Really? Which I don't quite understand, but if that's what you want to do, they want that temp to roll up slow. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, if I get the same quality barbecue in six hours that yeah. you do in 12, why am I wasting 12 hours? <laughs> For me on a drum, that optimal temperature is like 275. That's where I yeah. love to cook at it. Yeah. Feels like I'm choking it back to run it lower. And it just seems like on the, on mine that the air just wants to flow through. And when I got that vent adjusted just right on bottom mm-hmm. and I got the, <clears throat> the top cracked. It wants to run 275, and that's what I like. I mean, so I roll with it. A couple of guys I've talked to that have gateways, you know, you've got that inner ring. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's just outside the diameter of your fire basket. And I wonder if that is not – most of the guys I've talked to with gateways say their pit will sit 275 to 300. Mine kind of likes 250 to 275. And I wonder if that, that inner ring is kind of directing the heat up more more directly uh whereas mine is is expanding faster and then going up maybe theirs is channeled 
to go Possibly up faster, maybe. and maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. I Good, I guess. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Who got. Not an engineer. I just but. know what the great tent likes to run in. Yeah, That's how yeah. I could. I mean, well, it goes back to yeah. it. You got to know your pit. Yeah, yeah and I and I try not to fight it. You know, I don't want to have to be tooling on it all the time. I like to sit it there and just let it roll and know mm-hmm. that if I'm cooking at 275 great level, my butt's going to be done a little bit faster. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be ready to wrap it four hours. It's going to be done at seven, seven and a half instead of taking a full eight or nine hours. So yeah. you're saying if it wants to run at 275, let it run. Yeah, at let it run. That's what I'm saying. When you're learning them, if it wants to run there, let it run yeah. there. Don't try to do something that ain't. I'm not a hot and fast or low and slow snob. I think I, – I think there can be some significant difference if you're trying to cook a brisket four hours versus 10 yeah. at you know 400 degrees versus 225. But I don't think 25 degrees difference or half an hour to an hour in a long cook is making that much difference. Yeah, in a long cook, I can yeah. see that. I don't, you know. It's, it's different if you're trying to power through it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I do believe that <clears throat> maybe they're um, – you know, if you're trying to go too hot and too fast, maybe some of the fibers don't relax enough. Don't you break take it down. a little further or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. I don't, I don't see where, like you're talking about, two fifty, two seventy five may come off thirty minutes to an hour quicker. Man, you just make it a little race. darker, faster. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. it. That's it. You want to race? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's more than one way to run it. No. That's true. What's the uh, longest you've ever seen a drum go? Like, you ever, have you ever put a clock on it? Seeing how long just, a load yeah, of coals go. will go well, on one of yours? The, like an experiment? <laughs> yeah, the, the Jealous Devil folks sent me some eight-pound bags to uh, do as like a giveaway when I sell a drum that I ship off. And um, I had one of those, and in that, that competition setup video, I put in just that eight-pound bag. So it you know, may not have been exactly eight pounds, but it was real close to eight pounds. And it ran for 12 hours and still had charcoal to burn in there with the fan on it. So the fan was controlling it. But if you put a fan on one and give it the perfect conditions, you know, people will say an hour a pound. I'm thinking it's going to be closer to two hours a pound if you, you know, set up the perfect condition. And you're sitting at the right temp. You know, if you're burning at 350, you're obviously going to burn. Use more fuel. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. A lot more fuel. But, you know, 225 to 250. Uh, you know, 10 pounds of charcoal will go 20 hours. Oh, yeah. See, that's where – the longest I think I've ever timed one is like 18 hours and gave up. Yeah, like, I'm not going to stay with this. <laughs> if it wants to keep burning, it can burn. But You're sitting there in a chair trying to fall asleep, and you're getting uncomfortable. What yeah. am I waiting for Waiting on this charcoal to burn. I'm done. I've proved <laughs> it. I could have done two full butt cooks easy. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, on and off. I mean, that's one thing I don't think I've ever reloaded – any charcoal in a drum. I mean, ever on a cook. I, I mean, I have once or twice, but it was on my own stupidity. If I didn't put enough charcoal to begin in with, it, to begin with. So do you? Do you usually just? I mean, I know my style. When I do, I just I pour something in. I don't ever. I just pull a yeah. basket full. Is that what you do? Yeah. No. I, you don't I'll measure. Go, I'll go about three quarters full. Yeah. What I like to do, if I'm really, you know, if I hadn't gotten into the adult beverages enough. I will put a little bit of charcoal in and then put a couple of chunks of wood in and then a little more charcoal. So I kind of layer it. Oh, okay. And I've, yeah. I've heard and I've seen to have noticed this result. People, or if I were to put wood just directly on top of the charcoal and nothing on top of the wood, the wood wants to actually flame up. It'll burn on fire. If you have charcoal on top of it, it tends to smolder and smoke. Give you some more smoke. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've tried to start doing that. That's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here? <laughs> Uncle Pookie himself. Well, uh, does outside temp affect drum smokers? 
It does. And can you insulate them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen folks, uh, you know, the, the, the Weber or the Weber Bullets, the Smoky Mountains or whatever mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, I guess we all watched the Pitmaster shows when Harry Sue was wrapping it up in yeah. some kind of insulation. Um, I have thrown a welder blanket over it to keep the – I've noticed if it's a wet wind, like if it's misting outside in the wintertime or something, that seems to burn through more fuel. But wind only doesn't really seem to do that much. Um, my intake and my exhaust point straight up. And so I don't have wind blowing directly into um, an intake to push more air through. Um, and then with the exhaust dampered down so much, even if wind is blowing across the top of the exhaust damper, it doesn't seem to pull as much as like with my cabinet smoker. If the wind is pushing across the top of that damper. It's making a draw. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. pulling a lot more mm-hmm. air through. So it, it tends to burn a little bit hotter if it's really windy. The first year we went to World Food, we were out on the, the parking lot competing in the barbecue side. And, I mean, the wind was just coming straight down our alley. And uh, I was like, why is this temp? I mean, I'm sitting here at 300. I can't get it back down to 250. And simply putting a piece of aluminum foil in front of the chimney or the exhaust to block that wind from coming straight over the top of it. Knocked it. Knocked it right back down. It sat there 250 for hours, except when the wind would blow the foil off. Yeah. And then I had to go back <laughs> chasing down my aluminum foil over two or three spots. But That's another reason to have aluminum foil with you when you cook. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, you can make so much stuff out of it. Nectar of the so, gods right there. So you've done all these. Let's talk about cleaning <clears throat> one. How often do you clean your drums? Do you clean a drum? <laughs> you know, I don't. Now, I'll tell you how I do it. I just dump it over, dump out any ash, and that's about it. But do you have, yeah, do you have any process? I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm the world's worst about, you know, dumping some charcoal over in it, just throwing a cube down there and starting it with my Ama flame. Yeah. Coals might spill out and be in the bottom of it. It's a drum. Yeah. So I don't get caught up, but do you, I mean, people ask you, you know, do you clean these things? Do you ever degrease them? Do you? I will, depending on how much I use it, traditionally about once a year. And it's not, I mean, there is some grease buildup in the bottom and some charcoal and ash or whatever, but mostly it's just um, on the sides. If you've got, you know, uh, something greasy like a butt or something, you you just get some grease that accumulates on the side. And I'll notice that it, it does build up like creosote after so many cooks. But normally 10, 12 you know, about once a year, and it could just be the screen, the, the spring cleaning bug that you before get. you get ready, yeah, 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 before the contest season. But starts you're not, up. you're not putting any chemicals or anything in it. I, I tried one, um, some kind of oven cleaner from Sam's I'd seen online that uh, one of the Gateway guys really like a promoted. food grade, yeah, type stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was an oven and grill cleaner. And it did, and it it took it down to bare metal, which kind of scared me. I'm like, if it can take all the- this off yeah. of there, what's it eating through? So, <laughs> and then of course I had to reseason it because it got yeah, them straight yeah. bare metal. But um, you know, some guys like that and want to do all that again. That's great, but I don't see any problem in the world. To me, it's different if you have a um, that black buildup on the sides versus something like a solid pan heat diverter where that aroma and flavor is going straight up under your meat and surrounding right. the meat, the sides, it's it's going up the yeah, sides. It's just seasoning. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's springing off the side, jumping onto your meat from sideways. I have had some of the old ones that I built where I just left them outside and didn't throw a cover on them or anything. Some water got in it. You know, it mm-hmm. did the – it kind of got the fuzzy stuff going. And 
what I did instead of trying to wash it out. I mean, I took the lid off. I built me a fire in it like it's a burn barrel yeah. and just reburn it out. And that's yeah. what they tell you. Now, a lot of times guys are getting them, and they don't know what's been in it or not. I've heard people, you know, they found this drum. They think it was a food grade drum or whatever. No, Can I burn sure. it out? Yeah, yeah. they burn them out. They'll put yeah. a torch to them. They'll heat them up all the way, heat that metal back up, reseason it then, and it's good to go. Get you some pallet so, wood or some scrap wood. Just that build you need a fire in it. Anyway yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I've done the same thing. It, it put a cover over it and a little humidity in the air and get in there and got some science experiment growing in it. Yeah. And I get that weed burner and just torch it all the way around and take my grates. I will clean my grates. Pretty oh, much. yeah. And see, I know the grates is a different story. It's easy yeah. to take them off. Hit them with some degreaser, let it sit, and spray them off or scrape oh, them off yeah. or whatever. But the actual inside of mine, I usually don't. As long as I keep them covered, don't keep any moisture out of them, I don't do a whole lot to them. Well, that's that's one reason why I went to the welder and and designed design mine now where it's all welded. I don't have mechanical holes and fasteners in the lid. Anything so to rust or anything? Yeah. Out, I mean, if they close the damper on it, they're not getting any water leaking in. Whereas before, I was drilling holes and having the the, the pipe fittings. fittings holding it in, and if water collected on that lid, it's going to seep in. If there's a hole, it's going to find its way in. So, um, getting rid of that opportunity for rust was a good version change. Well, what's the life expectancy on a drum? Gosh, depends on how know. well you take care of it. I hadn't killed <laughs> one yet. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't burned one out. I, don't, I mean, I guess you gave those away. Yeah, I have. I usually end up letting somebody borrow them, but yeah. They're still, I mean, hey, think of how long a burn barrel lasts. I mean, people yeah. burn on those things until they fall apart. I mean, you could, <laughs> and they you burn could them use a them a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's open fires in them. So yeah. I would say if you take care of it and you just like, the number one enemy is probably leaving ash in it. Yes. Because it definitely. breaks down and it that's what will rust it. On it. I mean, well, that and uh, ash and then, you know, sometimes just the humidity. You know, if it's been real hot. And then you, you you cool it down, but it's cold outside, and it cools it down real quick. You get a little bit of humidity and sweat mm-hmm. inside of it. Um, that's why you're saying, too, when I store mine, I'm not using mine, I'll close the intake and leave the exhaust cracked or vice versa. So some air is getting in there. Flow going yeah. Through, yeah. But not, not where it's just wide open and you open the lid up and a wasp nest comes out at you or something <laughs> like that. But, I've yeah. had spiders and dirt divers in mine. I just burn them up too. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll season them, you know. But, you yeah. put that fire to them, they ain't happy. Oh no, they they're going somewhere. <laughs> they ain't, it's too bad. They gone. It's a cremator. <laughs> but do you have any add-ons or you know aftermarket purchases like rib accessories? Hangers, accessories. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've had a lot of people ask for uh, rib hangers, and you know, again, kind of cheating from Gateway. Target sells a gateway rib hanger rack for like forty bucks. Really, so, Target does? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's where I bought mine. I still oh, yeah. haven't used it yet. I, hadn't quite I like my rib hanger, man. It, uh, hanging ribs are good. I've got to try it sometime, but I can't get past the because I'm still going to wrap my ribs. Something yeah. I, I got to hang them. Well, then I got to take all that out and put a rack back in and wrap them up. And I'm not going to yeah, do it. Yeah, it's too just, but it's just to set out and set on the ground and put your rack down. Isn't it? By the time you wrap them, there's nothing to it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I've got okay. the pit barrel. It's you can hang all kinds of stuff in them too. Yeah, I mean they've got like a turkey hanger and chicken hot dog cage. Oh yeah, the and, pit barrel has yeah. the most accessories. They've got the I accessories think, yeah. figured out for theirs. But now, do they even have a rack to cook straight on? Yeah. Okay. It comes with a rack too. I've always seen people yeah. hanging in. No, it, no, so. it yeah. comes with a rack too. Okay. It's got position for a rack. I mean, that's okay. how we do chicken on them. 
So oh, the pit barrel, it just has a hole in the bottom, or is that just the junior? Does the regular no. pit barrel have uh, dampeners? You know, I don't know. I've never cooked on a regular one. With I've only one. cooked on the junior, and it's a hole with the a little flap that just turns. Yeah. And then the only exhaust is the the holes where your piece of rebar go. Yeah. They've simplified theirs. They just mm-hmm. have holes on opposite sides and two pieces of, of rebar that go through yeah. it. And then that's what you hang on. With their design, what I've, what I've been told is that it's not going to be there for a long cook. It, that it seems like it yeah shorter cooks. hotter faster. Yeah. I, I would say it, it's hard to control it because it yeah. wants to cook at three fifty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get you some magnets. Control. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You think they would come up with the plugs? You know, to you know, we got to plug this one well, and that that's one. That's the next Killer Hogs Monkey right here. Is the <laughs> plugs for a bit barrel? No. A pack of uh, business card magnets <laughs> with the Killer Hogs. There you go. On it. I like that idea. Forty nine ninety five. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that. Um, and uh, you know, I've looked at some of the stuff that the guys are doing homemade, and of course, there's the bottle openers and stuff like that. Yeah. But. I hadn't really done a whole lot of extra. What about stuff. your cart? Didn't you do? Uh, I did a cart a couple of different times, and um, what do you mean? Like you put wheels to make it more well, mobile? The first one I had was a heavy, heavy duty expanded metal and, and wrought iron. It was a two drum cart, and it was literally like a a big cart dolly you get at Home Depot, where yeah. you pull it on a handle, and I got two drums and a table in the middle. <laughs> I mean, it was handy as all get out, but I think that Jericho weighed about 500 pounds. There wasn't enough wheels on it. Hanged a load. I actually went through a set of wheels. The cart was so heavy, it collapsed the wheels. Really? It, it tore the rubber off the wheel, and the wheel just cracked. You put wheels so, on the bottom of yours? You ever had anybody have you do I, that? I found that um, the, the drum dollies are the best way to go. Oh, yeah, that's actually yeah, that's yeah, what they're yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, because I've got tables all over the place. You're yeah. at a contest. you got tables. Um, I did a dual cart. Dual drum cart and a single drum cart, and um, you know people weren't they were interested in looking at them, but weren't as interested in buying them until I decided to stop making them. And I get four or five people say, "Hey, can you do one of them carts?" Uh, no, <laughs> my feelings. I'm going home. <laughs> but no, it's uh, the the drum dollars are just the easiest thing to do, and that way, you know, I do. I've got a guy right now that's that's got a drum that I've painted the the dolly the same as the lid and the intake. So it's a matching set, and I mean, it's you know, it, yeah. it works. I mean, but if someone just wants to go, you know, if they've got access to drums and dollies and all that, you know, then certainly don't have to buy mine. But at least I'm color coding the paint. There you <laughs> go, <Yeah. laughs> coordinating yeah. it right. Exactly. You made a set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a set, custom the, set. The fingers have to match the toes. That's, so that's, you know. it. <laughs> that's it. Well, what's your favorite thing to cook on a drum? This is for both of y'all. Hmm. Man, that's tough. Mine's yeah. probably gonna be pork. Yeah, I just yeah. like that flavor. It gives it, it gives it that old school flavor that I like. Um, Ribs, chicken. I mean, I cook chicken. That's what we do for contests. Yeah. I gotta yeah. say, chicken. It's a great but, uh, chicken cook. Yeah. The butts and brisket. I mean, both. I'm, they're about as equal. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing to me. I hear people talk about cooking brisket for twenty hours. And, I can cook a, a smaller brisket on a drum in five hours. Yeah, it, to me, I found it cool. Once you wrap it, man, it, the brisket climbs. It yeah, rocks. It'll bust through that I like it because you can put no brisket, problem. you can flip it on both sides, give it mm-hmm. some treatment on both sides, Yeah, really get some of that flavor on it from mm-hmm. that fat dripping, and it, it's a awesome taste of brisket. I mean, yeah, especially if you're going Texas style and you're yeah. just doing heavy mm-hmm. salt, pepper, garlic. That's my language. Is that your favorite? <laughs> I, I don't know if I've had anything bad on a drum. I really haven't. 
No, I mean, we've done the spiral sliced hams. Those are really good. Turkeys yeah. and bologna. That's you know talk oh, about man. first thing people should cook. Get you a chub of bologna. It's <laughs> one of them big ones and score it. Get some rub on it. Put it on a drum. Get some of that flavor going. Some smoke sauce it. That's man. I don't know if I learned it from you or, or maybe somebody else, but. Doing bologna burn ins. I did a video yeah. on it too, just because people are like, "What are you talking about bologna?" Burn-ins? He hasn't but, done it yet. I've been yeah. trying to talk him oh into gosh, it. Man, because you talk about getting flavor when yeah. you got a bologna chunk that big, mm-hmm. but it's surrounded in flavor. Oh my gosh, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of the bologna. How the outside gets, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so you get that all the way when you do. Well, I've I've done you know where you're just scoring the edges, making it look pretty and all that. And that's great. But then you got bologna down in the middle that didn't have flavor. Yeah, so right. It's I've just also plain. gone and and taken that that. Like a half chub, because only me and Jake will eat bologna. Didee won't touch it. So, oh man, I'll take that. That what's half. wrong with her? Yeah, she's a bologna. bologna. Hey, won't eat spam. I'm thinking, yeah. what's wrong with you? Bologna, no spam. What did I marry? You don't like processed meat? <laughs> yeah. What is the spam commercial now? It's uh, they do something with the four letters, and the M at the end is just mmm. I'm like, hey, you see? <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll take that bologna and cut into the slices the thickness i want and cut maybe seven eighths of the way through i won't completely yeah yeah it kind of yeah and that way you can put seasoning in between each slice and sauce in between of course when it's done cooking it's, it's all it's laid floured, out yeah yeah but yeah. it's easy portion you just yeah you just take it off yeah. taking that last little inch yeah. cut and it's got seasoning all the way there around it. it's a variable goodness a world of goodness what do you call it, Mississippi prime rib? Mississippi, oh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> I grew up eating barbecue bologna. I like to take it, smoke it, and then throw it over on a grill and get it mm-hmm. really charred up and make a sandwich with some coleslaw. Man, yeah. There was somebody I had at Memphis and May. They had done barbecue bologna, but then they had put it in a um, put it in a sauce with onions and let it kind of mm-hmm. caramelize and cook in the sauce. It was very good. We used to do it with peppers and onions, kind of. Kind of like a yeah. Let it all sauce. let it all cook yes. down, but it had more mm. of a barbecue sauce to it. Those onions and bell peppers cooked in the sauce mm-hmm. are really good. Yes, mm. it goes on your sandwich. Yeah, it's Man, really good. It <laughs> it's dinner time. We're about to we're about to wrap this thing up, Mike. <laughs> Real quick, um, I got two questions for you. Yeah. We try to ask everybody: What is your number one must-have barbecue tool, accessory tool? What is besides your pit? Besides your pit and your charcoal? Oh, man. Golly, it's got to be one of my temp gauges, but I'm not sure which one. <laughs> oh, like yeah. My, yeah what are you? The smoke, is it? The two-channel? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like my smoke. Thermal work the smoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like my thermal work stuff. So you can see what you're doing inside the house yeah. and not to go Man, out there? And I can have my little remote in one hand and my TV remote mm-hmm. in the other, and then I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to let go of to grab my drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's the argument I have in my head. What's your other? Oh, we'll give you two. Does the pit fan count as one? It it's, can, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's whatever you want. Yeah. That's the same thing as, you know, sitting in the yeah. house, and I know it's sitting between 240 and yeah. 260, then I'm worry-free. Um, as long as I, electricity doesn't go off, The right? Pitmaster yeah. IQ, that's what you're wrong Pitmaster IQ is what I like. I, I'm, I mean, I like the – one of the biggest things I've noticed with it over Guru, if I'm not mistaken, the Gurus are all um, one-speed fans. They're on or off. Yeah. And the pit – Master IQ series has a variable speed. So if, if you just start to get out of the window, the fan will kick up into like slow gear. And if maybe you're hitting a dead spot or something and it's continuing to falling, falling, then um, the fan will go into high speed. I like that. And, yeah. Um, uh, 
my doctor actually we spend when i go to visit my doctor we spend more time talking about barbecue and cooking. <laughs> sure you're healthy I mean, yeah i'm like okay you cook barbecue <laughs> yeah you're supposed to be big yeah it's big bone it's big bone but um he he'll talk about like on his green egg if he puts his guru on it he's noticed that it, it has these spikes in temperature and i mentioned to him so well, it may be because the fan is blowing just full speed and the, the charcoal burns hotter it kicks off well it's still climbing because the fan has blown on it so hard whereas mm-hmm. if you had a variable speed you know name your brand anyone that does a variable speed that blows the fan on it slower and lower it'll slowly climb to that temp and then it'll it'll it won't have the peaks and valleys yeah. like a, I don't, I don't I don't know if mine slows I know that the guru that I have pulses okay. so when it gets to range it'll just boom you know, kind of poof. Maybe poof, that's what poof, it's It'll kick on. I don't know if it actually slows down, but I know it'll pulse itself. I've seen it do it. Huh. You'll think something's wrong with it, but it's just maintaining. So it's yeah. trying to stop that. And real quick, what's your favorite barbecue restaurant you've ever been to? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know the name of it because it was, it was down in San Antonio. We first got married. So it was Texas. And it was Texas. And uh, we went to SeaWorld. I went to some steakhouse. And they did a smoked sirloin steak. Really? Oh, man, that was for sirloin. Of course, it's kind of like, oh, you know, now I'm like, man, give me a filet or nothing. But <laughs> um, the sirloin, it was tender enough, but the smoky flavor they had on it was just incredible. It was in San Antonio. Maybe somebody out there will know what you're talking about. Yeah, you figured out. Somewhere not too far away from SeaWorld. Yeah. Uh, we weren't going to travel very far <laughs> with the in laws and the big. Family van, so uh, <laughs> we weren't very far. Well, Mike, tell the uh, you got anything you want to plug while you're yeah, here? I see you brought yeah. some seasons with you, man. Yeah, the new packaging and which one of these? Oh, steak and burger is. So you brought these for me to try, right? You're leaving yes, them so yes, I can I'm I can try them. I need out. the the Malcolm Seal of approval. Okay, okay, I'll but, have to check uh, them out. But yeah, the honey jalapeno is the newest one. And honey uh, jalapeno, man, that's got chicken wing right all over it. Well, it does, but uh, we did. I did a. Um, I've got this weird recipe. People kind of look at me funny when I talk about it, but um, I do a pork loin stuffed pineapple. Take a pork tenderloin and core out a pineapple and stuff the tenderloin down in that void and yeah. smoke it that way. And um, Is that it, like a swine apple I've seen people do where they wrap it in bacon too? Do you, are you yeah, no, I have done that. Yeah. I, I had taken the skin off the pineapple and wrapped it in yeah. bacon, but... Um, I didn't this weekend, but I was trying out the the honey jalapeno on a pork tenderloin. It was really good. Really, I'm <laughs> try that. It's and what's not, the other one? The burger? The the steak and burger. It's it's just basically a beef seasoning. But yeah. Yeah. you know, a lot of the beef seasons are heavy on pepper, black pepper, and more coarse. And I like those, but I hadn't seen a lot of beef seasonings that were finer grind. Yeah, and weren't so heavy on pepper because I like black pepper, but I don't like coarse black pepper as much. So I came up with one that's it's uh, it's got lemon pepper in it, so it has, still has a little citrus note to it. Okay. But um, it's all fine grind, so you can kind of go lighter or you can go heavy if you want to, and not have the big chunks uh, to deal with. And folks can check out your cookers at uh, oh, what's I'm, your website? Is that where you sell them, or yeah, I do. or is it like um, co- commission? They got to contact you, let you know to build them one. There you go. Uh, well, sometimes yeah, if they want a certain color or something, or want to know of a color I don't normally do, um, I'm kind of restricted to what high heat paints I can find, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, the website, we sell them. We also sell them in uh, Bartlett at Memphis Barbecue Supply. Um, 
uh, Brad Pure at the butcher shop, or butcher block. I'm sorry, uh, there in South Haven. I always say that too. <laughs> years you go to the butcher shop, and yeah. uh, it's hard to get that out of the mind. But uh, uh, yeah, Brad's been selling them there for a while, and um, so yeah. And the website is www.unclepookybarbecue.com, and um, yeah, either way, we've shipped a few, um, selling them online, and then selling them local too. If you're in the Memphis area and and uh, don't see the color you like somewhere. You can always hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, all the. Where can they find media you? Stuff. Facebook on social media. Um, Uncle Pookie Barbecue. Uncle Pookie. Uncle Pookie BBQ. Yes, yes. Oh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and oh, uh, YouTube. Now, so you're doing some videos. Yeah. Check those out. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you mentioned uh, Memphis Barbecue Supply selling the smokers. Mm-hmm. You do some demo style classes out there with Jimmy too. So do they you? can check that out. Y'all got anything coming up or um, in the I works? I tend to do a class in the early spring when so, we're not competing. Yeah. Uh, and those are, those are free classes y'all do, yeah, right? A lot of times. So that's, that's, I think he tries to do a couple of paid mm-hmm. classes where yeah. they're given a little more insight or, or cooking more for the people to sample. But uh, yeah, Jimmy does, he tries to do one a month, at least of a free class. Are you cooking on your drums when you do those with him? Yes. So yeah. people can come out and get a hands-on. It got most people asking questions, but man, it takes two or three hours sometimes. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> well, is that uh Shel, you got anything else you want to ask today? Thank you so much for coming and oh, talking man. to us about drums. And Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm honored. We've enjoyed it. It's always yeah. good to hang out. Let's yeah, go get some wings and beer sometime. Yeah. We've got to Monday night football firing up. we got to go. get that standard Monday night back That's going, it. man. That'd be but, cool. Uh, Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, we appreciate y'all checking us out today. Go out there and get you a drum smoker and get to cooking. We'll see y'all next time.